Hey, Brian. Hey, Rick. Shooter McGavin here on a Masters Weekend, day two. Wow. So I heard your From the Tips podcast is kind of badass. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of From the Tips. It is me, your boy, Brian, always joined by my fantastic co-host, Rick Landis. How we doing? Good, buddy. I'm doing pretty good. I got to send out an early apology to the listeners. Um, I had one of those things today where the nap just goes longer than it should or than it's initially planned on. Um, I slept through the time that we were supposed to start recording Henceforth, when I woke up, I had to hop right on. So I just woke up as we're recording this. So if I sound a little groggy to start the episode, that's why I'm going to wake up because that's just how life works. Um, I tried slapping myself, didn't work. So I think I just might need to talk through it, get some get some words out of my mouth, and we'll uh, we'll just do it naturally instead of yeah. trying to take shortcuts, you know? The, the good old natural wake up, I always feel like, is the best way to go. But I mean, look... I've been there before. I am a notorious napper, and uh, I am also notorious for not waking up to alarms, phone calls, etc. Almost yeah. ever. So I totally understand where you're coming from, because uh, you got that. Yeah, I believe it, it, there's a scientific term for it. It's called sleep inertia. It's when you're in a state of sleep that's deeper than I guess you intended to be in, and then you wake up abruptly, and then you have to like start doing things immediately. You get like this. Uh, it's almost fugue state. That's where I'm at right now. Um, it's definitely worth it because I worked Saturday and Sunday this weekend, which I haven't done that in a while, especially as part of a normal work week. Right. Um, so just weird, just a weird weekend um, with the weather and everything. Just throw it off my whole schedule. But we're here. Um, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm I'm doing all right. Things uh things uh, in this part of the country are going pretty well. Uh, if you're from outside the Philadelphia area and you're a, a sports fan, things are going pretty good in all yeah. all things considered. Um, yeah, the refs just the refs love Philly. I don't know what to say. Dude, love Philadelphia. I don't know what, <laughs> and they hate Cincinnati. Holy yeah. Well, see, here's the thing is. I I get why people are upset about the Cincinnati game. The Eagles game, I don't think the outcome was changing no matter what happened in that game. No, once like, yeah. It might have been a closer game, but they were just better. I mean, they're like even if they were facing Brock Purdy, he's still a rookie quarterback. He's still the third stringer. Like it probably would have been a lot closer, don't get me wrong, but I think the Eagles still come out on top. The Bengals and Chiefs game was the most frustrating confusing time i've ever had watching football yes i do, do you know why the chiefs got an extra first down because i don't yeah they so they they decided you know hey they didn't get the first down uh on third down so what we should do run that back <laughs> no no penalties or anything of that nature nothing nothing actually stopped the play um so just third and eight again see if they can give it a second go see how it works out um Basically yeah did, so what did the play even get stopped for 
Wasn't it I like don't know. Ball placement That's the or something? That's the problem. I don't know. Um, because uh, I know that the Eagles have been called for it. I think once this season, where I guess uh, they deemed that Jason Kelsey moved the ball a little bit too much when he went up to establish yes. his grip on the ball, and so they stopped play. But that happened way before there was even a snap in in the in the mix, let yeah. alone an entire play transpired. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I'm loving the memes. The memes um, are so good. Did I send you the one about uh, Roger Goodell on the phone? Yes. Yeah. With the, with the refs, <laughs> that one had me dying. Um, Look, I mean the the thing the thing really is though. Yes, Arrowhead is a very loud stadium. So if the players didn't hear a whistle or a, a referee shouting, I get it. Mm-hmm. But why was the guy who was stopping the play the ref that's in the secondary, not the guy who's at the line of scrimmage or directly behind the quarterback, right? Yeah. Like, the guy who should be stopping the play should not be your secondary line judge. Yeah. Who's arguably as 25 feet away. Yeah. <laughs> like... Not an ideal guy to be calling the play dead in the first place. And then again, if the play went off, as far as I'm concerned, the play has gone off, right? Yeah. That, I don't think you can just be like, well, so no, see, we were supposed to stop the play, and so we're just – just do it again. Do- it's it's funny because the exact same thing, well, not the exact same thing, but a fairly similar thing happened three hours before that in the Eagles game with that punt that hit the wire. Yeah, that was weird. They were like, well, nothing we can do about it. Just keep playing. Yeah, right. They were like, well, <laughs> shucks. Uh, they got the ball like, now. It's like, like it clearly had a different trajectory halfway <laughs> through the punt. And the reaction of all the Eagles players did indicate that it hit a wire considering you could see the mouths of everybody in the moment saying that hit a wire, but there's not enough evidence to prove that it hit the wire. So you know what? Just Niners have the ball at midfield. But I think my favorite part about that exact moment was the camera kept going to Jake Elliott. And I don't, I think the only reason being is like, this guy's the other kicker. He's probably fuming right now. Yeah. So let's just watch Jake Elliott get mad about a punt. It's very funny to me. And then the best bit, and I don't know if you saw this, but somebody took a video of uh, Sam Kerr and the punter, which is after it happened, like almost immediately, and they had just started their offensive drive at the 50. He's walking down like the sideline kind of behind where like the players' benches and stuff are, where punters like to hang out. Wire cam following the hallway. Like, <laughs> that's, that's petty. That's, that's, that's petty. <laughs> Yeah, My personal I, favorite was Jimmy G just cheesing the entire cheesing. game. Knowing <laughs> that he could have been dressed and out there playing. The 49ers were like, damn, dude, we lost. And Jimmy G was like, nah, there ain't no we. Y'all. <laughs> <You. So> yeah. <laughs> I could have I worn a jersey today and you told me not to. <laughs> so good. Like, so he's out for the year, right? He couldn't have played. No, he could have. What? He was medically he was medically cleared to play for this game. And from what I understood, the intention was that if they had won this week, he was gonna start the Super Bowl for them. Um Okay, now that's ridiculous. Where at least be at least be dressed, maybe. I don't know exactly how they would have gone about it. But yeah, he was he was cleared to play and they they were like, Yeah, you can dress him. And the Niners were like, No, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Which eventually led to Christian McCaffrey having to play quarterback because (laughs) their fourth-string quarterback also got hurt. By the way, they probably should have done the whole uh, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Wildcat thing way sooner. Way sooner. Um, 
you just either way but for those of you that don't know uh what happened there uh second or like third play of the game something like that uh brock purdy tore his ucl for those of you that watch a lot of baseball that's going to require time john surgery oh uh, they, they did confirm that i didn't see that oh yeah uh it says he's going to go for a second um opinion to see if he's going to actually need time john yeah ucl Blue wide open. Um, that was the first thing I thought of when I saw how Hassan Reddick hit his arm. I was like, that's that's a problem when the arm wants to go forward and it's going backwards. Um, uh-huh. So immediately he's hurt, right? He's already their third string guy, but their second string guy could have been dressed and come into the game, arguably off of an injury and hasn't played in a couple of weeks, probably hasn't been seeing first team minutes of practice either. But is he a better option then Josh Johnson, who's been a 15-year uh, NFL veteran, who's, I think, completed two passes. This was Josh Johnson's – this is Josh Johnson's fourth stint with the 49ers. <laughs> he's been on the 49ers four times, and he's been, on, he's been on, I think, 15 different NFL teams. That's – man. Yeah, I, you know, I, feel, I feel bad for him because, like – that. sit on the sideline. Yeah, I feel bad for him because that sucks. Yeah. Not only are you coming into an uh, NFL game in the playoffs, it's the NFC Championship game. Uh, all the hopes and dreams of 49ers faithful rest now on your shoulders, and you can't hear. <laughs> the, <laughs> and you're deaf. Because, <laughs> A, you can't hear because the stadium's so loud. B, Hassan Reddick just landed on your head. So now you really can't hear. Ears are ringing. <laughs> you can't tell what, what Kyle Shanahan's trying to tell you. You don't know what anyone else is saying. And now you're just lost. So, is I've heard a lot of people complaining that the uh, the Eagles have had a pretty easy ride into the Super Bowl, and I really can't argue. Here's the thing, though, with the the Niners game, though, is that you never want to see an injury, right? Ever, never want to root mm-hmm. for it. Never want to see it, no matter who whose side you're rooting for. But that easy ride in the NFC Championship game was a cause of uh, football play. It wasn't like it had yeah. been that way from the beginning. Um, also, don't like just real quick have your tight end like touch Hassan Reddick's shoulders and then let him go, right? Yeah, sure. You got you have yeah that was a bad play. You got one um, of the better defensive linemen in the league, full full rushing your quarterback, and you're just yeah. gonna have your tight end like just just push him a little, a little tap. bit. Tippy tap. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not mad about it. Um, I'm actually interested to see what happens because this is the first time all season that the Eagles are going to be playing a good quarterback. Yes. And it's for me, if I was an Eagles fan, I would be terrified because going from Daniel Jones and Brock Purdy slash Josh Johnson to Patrick Mahomes is probably the biggest jump that you can make. Yeah. I mean, as far as quarterback play goes specifically, um, in comparison to the quarterbacks they've gone against this year, um, mm-hmm. no one is even close to the type of quarterback that Patrick Mahomes is. You could be saying the same about Joe Burrows. You could be saying the same thing about Josh Allen. Any three of those guys, my timbers are shivered. Okay, yeah. I am. I'm. I'm not going to say I'm scared because obviously I'm not the one playing the game, but I'm definitely like a little worried because. Yeah, the defenses look good all year, but they haven't faced a wizard at quarterback. So exactly, like Patrick Mahomes had one leg yesterday, and still was doing Patrick Mahomes things. And he's better than any quarterback in the NFC. Yeah, on one leg. Uh huh. It's 
ridiculous. It is. I I don't know if it's like the amount of drugs he's on or if he's actually like good to go. Like I can't like is he? Uh, he was like, he was on a lot of drugs yesterday. He was limping hard. He was limping like, hard. Yeah, after some of the plays, it was like he you could tell he was he was hurting. The one that the one that always worries you as a sports fan is uh, when he when he like first started like heavily limping. It was the play before he got like nudged a little and was like backpedaling uh-huh. and then non-contact. Like you could tell, yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, those are the be, worst ones. I'm just gonna be mad if he doesn't play. I'm a big because at that point it's like just let the Bengals win and ha- give us at least a good game to watch, so we don't have to watch Chad Henney versus Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl. Yeah, hey, anything's possible. Yeah, <laughs> any, any, anything's possible. You can you can do anything you you believe in. You know, um, yeah, that would dad. I don't even think Patrick Mahomes would let that be a case though. I think <laughs> I think he's gonna just take as many shots as possible so many drugs i mean he might not even know how to conduct the playbook but that's fine it's patrick mahomes you just let him do yeah the thing you just don't even have to call plays the ball's gone yeah you don't even have to call plays just let him do whatever throw with his left hand throw with his other foot it's probably gonna be a good one i don't know yeah um definitely interesting game some are calling it the kelsey bowl um because uh Travis and I've Jason heard it, I've heard it referred to as the Andy Reid Bowl already. I've heard that as well. Uh, Eagles Nation is split down the middle on get people that just hate Andy Reid's guts and people that still like Andy Reid. Yeah, uh, I find it very funny because yeah. I'm not going to say I'm neutral on Andy. Like I respect what he did for the Eagles. Had a lot of good seasons with him. Obviously, no rings. I respect what he's done in KC. Got mm-hmm. himself a ring. Has had lots of success with a very good quarterback. Um, but man, people who don't like Andy Reid do not like Big Red. Not a yeah. fan of the Walrus, these people. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I don't mind him though. I liked what he did in Philadelphia. It was a fun time. But also I was a child. I didn't really have like a yeah, like a like true a emotional it, yeah. commitment. Yeah, you know. But personally, I think that uh we should get a good game if it is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I'm interested to see how Jalen Hurts compares uh, side by side, like directly right there. You know. Yeah, it'll be it'll definitely be a good test for him. I'm saying blowout, or not blowout. I'm saying shootout. I'm like the score is going to be quite high, in my opinion. I um, hope so. I like a good offensive game. I like a good, especially the Super Bowl, man. Make it exciting. Yeah. That Rams Patriots one. What was that? Twenty seven, eighteen? No, twenty nineteen, something like that. Twenty twenty. I don't remember. Oh god, it was horrendous. Oh. Um Rams Patriots Super Bowl. Eh, where's this thing? 2019. Yeah. 13-3. The lowest yeah. Super Bowl score ever. Don't want that. Terrible football game. Don't want that. Do not want that. Like if 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 the score ends with fours in front of the numbers on both teams, fantastic. Yeah, Love that's every good. second of it. And throw in some defensive touchdowns, too. Don't just make it all offense. There's some pick sixes. Why not? Yeah. Always good for those, especially if uh, they're from, like, linebackers or fat dudes. Those are my favorite. Oh, yeah. Those are the best ones. Like a, like a pick on the five from your from your nose tackle on defensive side. Just, uh... Uh-huh. And then we get to see the whatever. Insert name here has more um, Super Bowl touchdowns than Dak Prescott. Yes. Yeah. Precisely. <laughs> yes. Uh, Linval Joseph has more. Super Bowl touchdowns than than Dak Prescott. Yes, <laughs> yes, very good. All the uh, all the memes about this is the first time Dallas has been in the Super Bowl since yeah 
Yeah, yeah, it's Dallas good Goddard. Stuff, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, really, the stuff that's right there, though. You know, <laughs> you're you're really picking the low hanging fruit. Let's get interesting <laughs> jokes going here. Um, but I mean, we're talking about other sports. Rick, buddy, what do we got as far as the sports world in history today? Yeah, I mean, we talked a lot about the NFL already, so I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Biggest thing that happened today in sports is in 1924, we had the very first ever Winter Olympics. Hey, oh, I'm assuming that means that it started, but I'm not sure. Um, I got here in 1924, Austrians Helene Engelman and Alfred Berger win the pairs skating gold medal at the Cham Cham Chaminix. I don't know. I'm not definitely not saying that right. Um, Winter Olympics beat Finnish pair. Oh God, uh, Ludo. <laughs> Ludowicka Jacobson and Walter Jacobson by just 0.39 seconds. Um, so yeah, first uh, first Winter Olympics in Chamonix, France in 1924. Oh, I love that you you were like, and uh, the people from Finland. Oh God, <laughs> how do you say that? Ludo Ludowicka. L- is it just Ludwig? No. Ludo L U D O W I K A L U D U W. I don't know, but in New Lexington, Ohio, there's a Ludowicki roof tile. Hmm. And shout out to a uh, Ludowicki roof tile. No free, uh, yeah. no free ads. So pass. Um, so pass. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that happened. All right. Uh, first Winter Olympics. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, the, the what did you say, 1924? 24. Yeah. 74, uh, 1924. That 74. Is, isn't that like right before the Great Depression, right? Or is that like the middle of the Great Depression? I don't know. They probably weren't too depressed, those people. No, I mean, the, the maybe maybe the Finns, but uh, the yeah. Austrians felt pretty good about their, their performance, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, dude, the Winter Olympics, uh, what's your favorite between the two? Are you a Summer Olympics or a Winter Olympics guy? I'm a summer Olympics guy. I um I've never really gotten into winter sports as a kid, so I can just relate a lot more to the to the summer sports, especially now that rugby's back in it. Having rugby, golf, and then um swimming is is kind of fun, I guess. Um, big fan of of having sevens rugby back in the Olympics. So I think that's absolutely hundred percent, so fun to watch. Um, yeah, I. Oh yeah, I, what about you? surprisingly considering you know i i follow a lot of winter sports i also lean summer olympics first of all summertime is my favorite season nonetheless so that's always a good thing but the golf is always fun to watch sevens rugby being back and it's great but also dude i am a huge fan of field hockey like olympic field hockey so fun to watch okay Um, sometimes i find olympic field hockey games to be a bit more exciting than uh olympic ice hockey games just because of the uh the talent gap in ice hockey is pretty pretty severe uh Uh, when it comes like the canadians and the united states teams and then everybody else um obviously you know your finlands your swedens and your norways they're gonna be all right too but you you get there's this huge talent gap when it comes to field hockey it feels like that gap is like everybody's kind of clumped together like you have your Uh like very good field hockey countries but everybody's like kind of close like no one's running away with it you know yeah where basically when you watch ice hockey either for the world for the ice hockey world cup or like the uh the olympics it's like all right so canada and the united states gonna be in the final we'll just wait for that transpire Uh and uh, yeah then we're good to go yeah we'll go through there through our required uh yeah 
preliminary games. We'll we'll watch um, Japan get throttled fourteen nothing. Yeah, it's exactly. Be a fun time for everybody. I'm sure because they don't practice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's just an assumption. I don't know. They might practice, but yeah, I also enjoy watching the field events. Uh, big fan yeah. of watching the hammer throw. Oh my uh, God. Don't know why, just impresses the hell out of me. That looks like that's borderline body contortion, and these people are so strong. The body control it takes to throw the hammer is is insane. With like the spinning you, and the knowing when you have to release it, it's crazy. Not only that, but just like the the knowledge that you won't blow out an oblique trying to swing this thing around. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and then you just eat it. You did the uh, the disc in high school, right? Disc. I was a big fan of the disc. Those people are crazy too. The people that can like actually throw a disc. Oh yeah, and the shot put people—they're nuts. They're well. just beefy. I like, watch, all... I like looking at how big the shot put people are. Dude, they're all no, beefcakes, dude. The best part about the <laughs> best part about like Olympic like throwing and stuff is there's no like weight class. No, there's just all like beef. How far can you throw this thing? <laughs> <laughs> there's. Here's this metal ball. The weight has not changed in the history of this event. You know, it can change, though. How beefy you want to be. Okay? <laughs> how far do you want to toss this thing? <laughs> and they get they get so amped up, man. Yeah. Like, I thought, you know, playing college hockey, I saw a lot of smelling salts. No, no. Oh, no, no, no. These, these people, man, those aren't even smelling salts anymore. That is That is just bleach. Yeah, just a huff and bleach. Just you, got, you gotta, you gotta prepare yourself. <laughs> like, if you folks are not driving a car right now, because if you are, don't do this. But if you, if you have the ability to go to Google, look up some shot putters, man. They, they are weird people. Yeah, I just pulled up World Shot Put Put Finals of the Championships in Doha in 2019. Look, I mean, this like, <laughs> look at this man. This is. You're an, that's an athlete, folks. Like, that's, that's a Russian a... mobster. Like <laughs> they pay, they went to the Russian mob. They picked a bodyguard, and they were like, "Hey, you want to throw this ball?" And he was like, "You know it." And then he just threw it. Well, I mean, also let's not forget the king of um, uh, United States shot putting, Joe Kovacs. Mm. This dude, he's he probably can't walk straight through doorways. He's wide. <laughs> okay. It's so funny because like you're like oh Olympics they're in they're in the best shape ever and these are just like beefy dudes like couldn't run a hundred feet to save their life probably but can throw this twelve pound ball I don't so know how far just how many so meters, far how many meters they do you know what's what's always you know baffled me especially when it comes to athletes of this size right imagine if they try playing golf right do you think given the amount of size up top they got going on that a golf swing could actually happen um yes and no um you know like when you're first getting into golf and you don't know how to get your lower body into it uh yes right that's literally i feel like how it would be for a lot of those guys um just all arms just all upper body just force as much as possible and everything would go the wrong way and then every once in a while they'd hit a good one yeah, but man, if they connect. Oh, if they connect, it's gone. That danger never landing. Dang, <laughs> that is dangerous if they connect. Um man, these they're just beef. You're right. They're just beefy. There's no other yeah. way to describe this. Yeah. That's just beef. Um, 
Well, other than just uh, gawking at the uh, pure athleticism that is shot putters, we are a golf podcast. So let's get into that golf as the PGA Tour had the my page just went away, had the Farmers Insurance open this last week. A little bit of a weird one starting on Wednesday, ending on Saturday. I don't necessarily know why that was. I don't have insight on that. I was it was weird. Cause like I like I watched a little bit on Saturday and then obviously I got the the text notification and it was like Max Homa wins and I was like oh on a Saturday we're just having wins here we are yeah so it started Wednesday instead of Thursday and ended on a Saturday the Farmers Insurance Open big winner and arguably one of the easiest guys to root for on the PGA Tour Max Homa going away with the win at thirteen under a normal golf winning score as far as yep. i'm concerned because it doesn't start with a two uh followed up by keegan bradley and colin morikawa in second and third uh first of all colin morikawa's swing looks 10 times better than it has been looking so that's very nice to see out of him considering you know especially his his prospects of trying to make the Ryder cup squad right now yep. you know the, going downhill a little bit and max homas is skyrocketing yeah, uh, that's that's Max's fifth win in his last 64 starts, um, which is really good on the PGA Tour, folks. Don't let yeah, it sound <laughs> like hearing all the stats from um, from Max Rory week. and John and Scotty last year. That sounds really bad. Five of 64, but like that's like that's still really good. That's real. That's a really good stretch. Okay. <laughs> we cannot, we cannot uh, preface this enough. The whole John Rahm and, and Scotty Scheffler last year think not normal, not normal people. Those are not, those are not normal folks. Okay. They are weirdos that do weird things. Okay. Um, yes, but that's obviously a great stretch of golf. And the fact that what he was able to do on Saturday's final round where he was, three shots behind John Rahm and five shots behind the then leader, Sam Ryder uh, was able to in the winds. Uh, Torrey Pine was pretty windy on uh-huh. Saturday in the winds. He was able to make a couple of fantastic shots, uh, six under 66 tie for the low round on the day and a good for a two shot victory uh, finishing the tournament 68, 70, 71 and 66. So obviously not his most incredible performance, but good enough for a W nonetheless. Uh, like I said before, you know, we we got into the stats there. Arguably one of the easiest guys to root for on on tour, hands down, in, in, in my opinion. Yeah, for today's generation, I, I believe that's how it is uh, with how active he is on Twitter and social media and whatnot. I think he definitely is for a lot of, what is it, Gen X people or Gen Z or is it Gen something. Z, is it Gen Z? Millennials, I don't know. I think he's a millennial because I believe he was born in the the early nineties. I think like the people like people our age basically. It's easy to right. root for him because you can relate to him a lot. And for probably a good amount of people with how active he is, they might have even had a response from him on Twitter. And anytime you get an athlete to respond to you, it makes you an immediate fan. Immediately. Um, even though most of the time it's probably like their um, media managers and whatnot. Uh, I think Max Homa is is definitely one of the people that isn't like that. Um, and he's just a, like a really like down to earth and honest guy. Right. And he also roasts people on Twitter, which is really funny. Which is always good because that's the kind of stuff that the PGA Tour attempts to uh, to highlight and doesn't really do a great job. 
But here's the thing, and this is another situation where the PGA Tour has taken a step forward as far as making the game a bit younger. Uh, Max Homa, well, I guess he deserves the credit, maybe. I'm not sure how uh, whose brainchild this was. But the pioneer of the, um, of the uh, I guess they're calling it the break breakdown or, or whatever, uh, you know, tee to green, whatever they're going to call it. But uh, he had AirPods in on the 13th hole on Friday. Friday, I might add you, is a normal Saturday round. Okay, so this, they didn't do this on like the Thursday. They did not. They did not do this round one. Uh-huh. This is round three in the middle of his round. Um, had AirPods in and talked to the uh, broadcast booth through the entire hole. Uh, broke down the uh, what he was thinking, the ins and outs of of what he was. He was, uh, you know, trying to figure out with his next shot, with his approach, where he wanted to put his driver, stuff like that. Um, and that's on round three. Like, he's trying to score. He's yeah. in the thick of, of, you know, possibly winning. And he's doing this just down the fairway, talking about, like, what he's thinking about. At one point, he said, like, mostly I'm thinking about, you know, what I might get for dinner after this, if I can hang out with my kids. And it's like, that's all very normal stuff that anybody can relate to a very down to earth guy. And definitely they really nailed who they picked for this specific thing. If they keep doing it, I think it's genius, but your first guy being Max Homa out of the park, big, big W for the PGA tour. Also listening to the feedback um, from the matches that have gone on and how much people love the AirPods being in during the round and hearing basically having a hot mic all the time mm-hmm. um obviously the game is frustrating and you might have a slip up every once in a while but i think it i think it's a lot more net good than it is net bad right and when it comes down to it and the reason i guess it hasn't been explored until now is because maybe the hot mic situation but also like I'm not quite sure how many of the specifically the older guys on tour would agree to having to have a full blown conversation while they're trying to, you know, do their job, play good enough golf to get paid, you know? Um, But look, Max Homa showed people it doesn't take a whole lot to just have a conversation while you're playing golf. Tell, tell the broadcast booth what you're thinking, perform, and then, you know, turn around the next day and take a W. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not like a big deal, and you made a good point. I feel like the older golfers on the tour are going to be like, "I'm not doing that. That's going to distract me from what I have to do." But realistically, it's it's hey, for a few seconds in between each of your shots, just come on and talk to us, basically, and we'll leave you alone after that. Like they're obviously going to be respectful about it, and if you can't swing a golf club the same because you have an AirPod in your ear, then you probably shouldn't be golfing. Well, you obviously haven't done enough practicing because I'm pretty sure most tour pros are going to be listening to music when they practice mm-hmm. or have some sort of a headphone in to not just be practicing in silence. If you are practicing in silence, you're a psychopath. I've done <laughs> I've done an entire round with my headphones in. Um, oh, yeah. The earbuds don't. Right. Yeah. He's not put like... me on blast, people. I did play around one time when a dude showed up with beats on. And we made fun of him because you can't do that. That's weird. But yeah, he he showed up. He had like, he had like these really nice clubs. Like he was like, he was kidded. Like he had like 
the brand new tailor made clubs, like everything was shiny and like these, they had like all these like cool clothes on and everything. And he, and he, he shows up with a backwards hat and the full, the full Beats headphones on. And I was, I was, it was during COVID when I was like, um, like towards the end of COVID when people were getting out again. And I was with two randos and then this guy just like tried to cut through us and we made fun of him the entire round. But was he was he at least good? Was he like a stick? No, he was he was not good. That was why it was funny. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> he was one of those people that invests way more money than they should in their their equipment and then oh, is not man. as good as the equipment would Makes lead them to believe. Yeah. That's... Yeah, and he was play he played his whole round with his headphones on. It was so funny. That is so intensely. So crazy. yeah, if you're gonna listen to music through headphones on the course, make sure it's buds. Make sure it's earbuds, folks. Yes, definitely buds. No um, one's judging wear, you for wearing earbuds at all. Not wear the DJ big the Beats headphones. Yeah. Man, that would be so much funnier if Max Homa was going down the fairway though with Beats on. I mean, ten times funnier. <laughs> um, yeah, but like, look, I mean, he literally proved. That not only can you play still at your best while having a conversation with the broadcast booth and and still going about your round, he proved that it doesn't distract you for the rest of the tournament either as he went on to win the tournament. I mean, that couldn't have gone better for the PGA Tour if they had asked. Yeah, you know? no, definitely. They have, you, you, you get a fan favorite it, they, made, they picked the perfect guy for it. Yeah, you get a fan favorite on. You get a guy who's playing really good golf right now. Uh, he has personality, so he'll be able to help the broadcast booth instead of being like super dry. And then he won. Yeah, that could not have gone better. Yeah, as good as it could have gone. Who who would have been the worst pick for this? Worst pick? Yeah. Um. Oh man. If and he was dude, still prob- on the tour, I would have said DJ. I would have said DJ too. I think I think worst pick for this probably has to be. Um, Oh crap, his name is escaping me right now. Um, the dude that has the temper tantrum oh, feels like almost every other tournament. Billy Horschel. Billy Horschel, thank you. Yeah, probably probably worst guy to have, Billy Horschel. I feel like Billy Horschel would have just felt forced. Yeah, and then like he, he, he would have felt had, like like yeah. his conversation would have felt forced to me. Yeah, it, it wouldn't have been a very genuine conversation, and almost guarantee it. He would have been like very I'm doing this because I'm getting paid to do this. Yeah, exactly. I'm just doing it so I don't get fined. You know, yeah, very, very, very Marshawn Lynch-esque. Very Marshawn Lynchy. Who do you who do you think would be the best guy to do it next? Gotta go with another young. I feel like Rory's a good pick, being being who Rory is. Um Again, mentally strong enough that it's not going to affect him if he's talking in between his shots every once in a while. Right. And we consider him like the the face of golf at the moment. Like he speaks for the players. Like everybody knows who Rory is. He's again a huge likable guy. Uh, I think Rory's definitely the next the next best. Plus, he has an accent, and people like accents. People love accents. Although his accent, like, has kind of gone by the wayside. He basically speaks like an American at this point. Um, but I kind of agree with you on the whole uh, keep it young thing. Like, obviously, I'm not out here calling Roy McElroy old by any means because he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but you want like I'm kind of looking at like Colin Morikawa. Yeah, Colin Morikawa, JT, Jordan Spieth. Those are those those are all. I mean. It's the guys we talk about every week, right? Um, the ones that everybody knows, the ones that everybody likes, the big names that you can tell to a room full of people who don't watch golf, and they're like, "They're a golfer, right?" 
Um, yes, precisely. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, definitely. Any of those guys would be would definitely be good for the next next go around. I think the bad, like the best one, at least for like the most hot mic that could happen, John Rom easily. <laughs> you get the spicy Spaniard out there; he's not playing his best. Ooh, the hot mics. Yeah, Woo! I mean, it's all gonna be in Spanish too, so like you could air that yeah. in English television. Yeah, Perfect. I mean. No way JT agrees to that, right? After what's happened to him in the past? Absolutely not. He's like, no ah, you caught me once before. We're not doing this second time. Nah. No way, no way that happens again, right? If I'm having fun and I'm not trying to make money, sure, sure. I will wear the hot mics. No, we're not doing I'm not this losing we're not polo doing this again. It's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> Should they do something like this for the Ryder Cup, though? Imagine yeah. Smack Talk. On Sunday, yeah. on the Sunday, no, one they should ones. definitely they should just take the the format from the match as far as how they do it, like the matches that they do on TBS or TNT mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. and just put that in the Ryder Cup. Oh yeah, just and you could probably just keep it to the Sunday one v ones and kind of like promote that for the entire week. You don't yeah. have to do it for the entire time, but yeah. like definitely for the Sunday, um, Sunday ones. Uh, ooh. and this is not the first time we're talking about the Ryder Cup today, folks. Uh, so buckle up for that. Yeah, that's right. It's Ryder Cup, Ryder Cup hype season. It's Ryder Cup season, baby. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, your that's your train noise. Can I hear it? Don't don't do that. Don't do that to me. Don't put me on. You couldn't even give like a toot toot. Like (laughs) okay, yeah. Tell me, train actually goes toot toot. No toot toot. Yeah, beep beep. (laughs) What just happened? You don't know that song? No. Oh, I don't even. I don't know what it's called. I'll see if I can. It just happened. Let me see if I can find it. Is that, a, that, a, is that a song for children, or just this is like a serious song? It's a serious song. Yeah, uh, is it? Yeah. Toot toot. Yeah. Beep beep. Yeah. Oh wait, are are you are you talking about Ignition by R. Kelly? No, no, no way. This is R. Kelly. And get that toot toot. No, 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 not that one, not that one. Running my hands through my fro, bouncing on twenty foes. You're all, you're all welcome for that. And I, I just gave that to you for free. You're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, but <laughs> obviously, really cool thing there that they did. Um, and just really nailed it with the the guy that decided to do it with. So, all all thumbs up for the PGA Tour right about now. Did you find it? Did you find this uh, this this glorious tune? I think so. Keep talking though. All oh, right. Yes, yes. A little bit more. Um, but to keep moving forward here, and uh, you know, kind of a little little precursor to some Ryder Cup uh, talk that uh, I aforementioned. There is one very famous Sunday singles match uh, that a lot of people like to rewatch. Uh, a lot of people, being myself, between Patrick Reed and Roy McIlroy. And for those of you that thought that maybe that was just uh, beef from the Ryder Cup because that's what the Ryder Cup is all about. You're wrong. These two do not like each other. And it has become very abundantly clear now, Patrick Reed being with the Live Tour and Roy McIlroy being the face of the PGA Tour. These two do not like each other, and things have gotten very spicy. Um, So this is one of the first events um, uh, that uh, Roy was playing this weekend. I believe they were playing at the... Oh, what event was this? Um... It was breaking news. Did you see that? No, what just happened? Um, this just in. Oh boy! Judge denies live request to expand discovery to Augusta members. 
Oh, wow. A federal judge denied a request by Live Golf to expand discovery into its antitrust lawsuit against the PGA Tour to include communication with 10 Augusta national members, including former Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice. Um, mm, that's something. So that doesn't have anything to do with Live Golfers uh, participating in the Masters, right? I don't believe so. To expand discovery and antitrust lawsuit. Oh, interesting. Uh, it looks like Liv was trying to just keep as many people as they could sued uh, with this antitrust thing, and they tried uh-huh. to include a bunch of members of Augusta National, and their request was denied. So the original lawsuit will go forth as as it was uh, intended to be. But um, Rory McIlroy and Patrick Reed were both playing at the Dubai Desert Classic because on the Euro Tour – um, everyone can play. So that's including live guys. Uh, so this is one of the few moments that we've had so far where live golfers and tour golfers will be golfing together. And this one already got spicy. So here's <clears throat> how it began, right? I have an itemized list of how things transpired here. Uh, the beginning is being titled T gate. So get ready for this. Uh, on Tuesday, Patrick Reed tried to chat up Roy McElroy on the range before uh, they got out there. Uh, McElroy ignored him. Why, you might ask? Well, they're on opposite sides of the Live versus PGA Tour split. Also, Patrick Reed has been suing several key entities in the golf world. And Reed's lawyer, Larry Clayman, is suing the PGA Tour. And as part of that lawsuit, not one of Reed's, but uh, the, the his lawyer, Clayman subpoenaed Roy McElroy at his home on Christmas Eve. Yeah, what the that's insane. So, so anyway, I you know I feel like Roy McElroy probably just loves Patrick Reed right now. Uh, <laughs> look, I'm not suggesting that Reed has anything to do with his lawyer suing uh, Roy McElroy, but in hindsight, something's a little fishy about that. Either way, yeah. Um, so obviously I don't really think Roy McIlroy was very interested in talking to Patrick Reed or seeing him for that matter, but Patrick decided to walk up to him and try to <laughs> be buddy, buddy, nonetheless, even though he's in the middle of suing most of Roy McIlroy's friends. Um, so after getting ignored, uh, apparently, and this is allegedly, so, uh, there was no confirmation by Rory or Patrick that this happened, but, uh, people watched the video and thought they saw this that Patrick Reed tossed a live uh, tour four aces tee on the ground next to Roy McIlroy and walked away. He did throw something. He did throw something. Not confirmed as to what it was. Um, someone saw the interaction. It became a vague story with a juicy headline like T-Gate. Very funny. Uh, when Roy was asked about it, he said it was nothing at first, uh, but added some jokes at Reed's expense. This is what he said uh, to Dylan Dethier. Uh, quote, I didn't see a tee coming my direction at all, but apparently that's what happened. And if roles were reversed and I'd have thrown that tee at him, I'd be expecting a lawsuit. So where are we at now in the story, folks? Let's just take stock here. Patrick Reed trying to be buddy-buddy with Rory McIlroy. Rory goes, no, get fucked. Not only are you suing a lot of my friends, but your lawyer is suing me and subpoenaed me at my house on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Patrick Reed goes, oh, okay. I'm not taking the higher road. Here's a live tee at your feet. Roy didn't see it, but he's heard about it. And uh, he uh, hit him with the clap back of the lawsuit situation. So clearly 
no love lost between these two. They do not like each other, which does arguably, which does arguably make that very famous Ryder Cup um, Sunday singles match way cooler, knowing that they actually don't like each other. Yeah. Um. So Reed also said it was nothing at first. He didn't make any super uh, comments or anything like that, but then decided to call Roy McIlroy quote an immature child. Yeah, that um, was weird to me. I don't know why he's saying that. I don't yeah. know. Rory is trying to take that. I mean, I, I don't know if at this point he had heard that Rory said uh, the lawsuit thing, right? I don't know when he said that Rory was an immature child. I think it was after the fact. But if it wasn't, I don't know where Patrick's going with this. I feel like he's just digging his own grave at this point. I'm pretty sure it was in response to him saying that he would be expecting a lawsuit if, he, if the roles were reversed, which... Don't really see how that is uh, him being a child. Right. Because that's just probably like, like based on the information that Rory McIlroy has is you are willing to sue him at any given time. At any moment. Yeah. So to me, that's not childish. That's just Rory having expectations based on past events. <laughs> kind of <laughs> like, <laughs> as he sees it, you know? He's like, I see you have multiple lawsuits going on right now. Your lawyer's suing me. Yeah. So I'll just expect one in the mail, or are you going to come back to my house? Should I mm-hmm. should I make some dinner for you? Should, should I leave the door wait? unlocked? Yeah, uh, come on in when you want to. Um, and if you thought that this was the how just the only drama would transpire from the uh, the Dubai match here, wrong. Okay, even better is that Rory and Patrick almost played together, almost. Um, it didn't wind up happening, but they did end up winding up being one and uh, one and two. Um, so here's here's something that happened in just such incredible Patrick Reed fashion. I'm not quite sure it could have been scripted any better. So on the 17th hole in the third round, Patrick Reed hit his tee shot and it disappeared into the trees. Right? Yeah, it happens. It happens. Plenty of golfers. It happens to me all the time. Uh, Patrick Reed then identifies his ball high up in a tree uh, and uh, made sure to take out some binoculars to really 100% confirm that that was his ball, right? <laughs> um, he takes an unplayable eye and makes bogey on the hole. However, if you watch replays of where his tee shot went, it was uh, looking like it went into a completely different tree. Uh, however... He said it was, quote, 100% his ball, and a rules official supports his account. So based on that alone, there's a couple of saucy takes here that I would like to go through itemized here. Um, You have three options, okay? Option number one, somehow that was Reed's ball in the tree, despite the evidence showing it had landed in an adjacent tree. Weird bounce, weird trick of the light. Uh, Who knows? Seems unlikely, but hey. Could have bounced on there, right? Mm-hmm. Right. That's not the fun one. Number two, Reed thought it was his ball and tried to do the right thing. Maybe there was another Pro V1 with very similar markings on it. There was an official with him who corroborated his story after all. And uh, it uh, looked like the markings that he has on his ball. However, a lot of people mark their ball like that. And a lot of players play a Pro V1. I'm just saying it could have been somebody else's ball in that tree. Uh, here's... Here's my favorite of the uh, of the ideas, and this one is going right right into the conspiracy theory uh, file, but I want it. Um, it. Calling this one the premeditated theory, he planted the ball there, 
before the round because he knew he was going to shank it. This, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I love that one. I don't put it past him. That's that's by far my favorite, and that one screams Patrick Reed. Yeah, I don't put that past him at all. That's awesome. And here's a good one that I saw on Twitter. I just find it funny. Uh, they're calling it the second shooter theory. Another mysterious person in a tee shot at the exact same time and went into the other tree. Reed's ball flight wasn't actually captured by the camera shot, but it was the other guys. <laughs> Personally, love the idea of Patrick Reed climbing up in a tree in the middle of the night and putting a ball. Oh, yeah. With ski mask on, flashlight oh, in hand. Uh-huh. Wearing all black. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, he's going full, uh, full secret agent. He's wearing all black. Yes, I just picture Kronk in uh, Emperor's <laughs> New Groove when he's disposing of Cusco. <laughs> is, is he is he doing his own theme song? <laughs> so not only did that happen, um. But Reed began the uh, the fourth day of the tournament, four shot uh, four shots back, but did shoot a sixty five, the second uh, lowest round in the field. Rory trailed with two holes to play, but then birdies seventeen and eighteen to beat Patrick Reed by one. Uh, after the fact, he did confirm, "quote The win was sweeter than it should be." Hmm. So, after all that drama, right? Basically, what I'm kind of seeing here is that Patrick Reed versus Roy McIlroy is the human embodiment of the Live Tour versus the PGA Tour. That's what it seems like. Right? Like, they clearly do not like each other, and they don't anticipate on burying the hatchets anytime soon. And it looks like Patrick Reed is just doing everything in his power to try to get under Roy's skin to see if he can get some sort of ridiculous reaction out of him to get him in trouble or something like that Mm -hmm. and rory is not taking the bait it is almost the exact same thing that's happening legally between the live the live tour and the pga tour as far as like all the the lawsuits the live tour is doing anything they can to really bother the pga tour and get them distracted from what their end goal is for their product and the pga tour is not budging yeah Honestly, things are pr- looking pretty bright right now for the PGA Tour, and the Live Tour really should probably talk to one of their largest acquisitions, if you really think about it, uh, into maybe calming it down a little bit because he's not doing the Live Tour any favors with Definitely the not. way he's acting at these events. That the Live Tour is still lucky that they're the the European Tour is letting their players play because they don't yeah. have to, you know. Yeah. So I I don't know about that, but. I just found that way too funny. That's yeah, it's a good series of events. That's so Patrick Reed in his prime right there, man. Yeah. Oh. Um, especially because so, we don't have to deal with it on the PGA Tour anymore. I know it's a beautiful thing. It's a you beautiful get to watch thing. it from afar. Mm-hmm. If it was the PGA Tour, though, if they both were on there, I think that uh, Patrick Reed and Roy McIlroy win the pip same time. Share the money on that one because this is that's that's media gold right there. Yeah. Your your ball got lost in a tree, and you had to get out binoculars to confirm it was your ball. And you just so happen to have binoculars. Yeah. Also, can we talk about that? (laughs) I don't know if if they had to go acquire those from. Yeah, maybe if you. Yeah, maybe if you like got them from somebody in the crowd, or like you had a rangefinder in there from practice or something, and you use that, maybe. 
But you just had binoculars in your bag? For so what good. purpose? So good. <laughs> I mean, like, what do you, like, a you, range you find me. Sure. You find me. Everybody listening right now, this summer, every time you play with someone, ask them if they have a pair of binoculars in their bag. We're going to get a tally by the end of the summer and see how many people actually just walk around with a pair of binoculars in their bag. And if they do have a pair of binoculars in their bag, really just like during the round, see if they have very Patrick Reed kind of vibes. Yeah. Right? If they're very, if they're wearing if they're very beats, much, you know, yeah. Beats headphones. <laughs> <laughs> Backwards hat, beat headphones, brand new Sim 2 driver that he can't hit. Yeah. I mean, the perfect stuff there. Um, man, that's just, that's too good. It's too good that that's how that goes. Yeah. Um, you know what else is too good? I got to shout out Spotify here. Oh, here we go. Um, so couldn't remember for the life of me what the song was. Found it. Feel stupid. Um, but the way I found this song is I went to Spotify and I typed in toot toot beep beep on the, on the search bar. <laughs> now, I'm going to play a few seconds of this song, and I think you'll know it. And I, I'm just curious to, to see what your reaction is. So are you ready? Uh, yes, I'm so okay. ready. The song is called Bad Girls by Donna Summer. Oh, we can't hear it, buddy. It's not coming through. Why not? I don't know. You couldn't hear that at all? No. Hey, let me. Uh... My phone was right here. I know. I couldn't hear it. I don't know why. Hold on. Let me, let me, let me raise the audio. Try, try it again. Okay. It might be too loud. I don't know. I can't hear it. Can you hear that? No. Huh. I'm here, I'm just gonna look it up myself. You said it was. No, I got. I got yeah. Look up "Bad Girls" by Donna Summer. Bad girls. Bad girls. And then and then buffer to like twenty seconds in. By Donna Summer. How old is this song? It's an older song. It's from the seventies. Yes. Toot, toot. Beep, beep. That you never heard that song before? No, but that song fucks. I love that. Yeah, Donna Summer, uh, Bad Girls. Look it up if you haven't heard it. It's a great song. That's a fantastic. I don't know how you just uh, happened to, to know that off the top of your head there, but honestly, honestly, um, well, my parents did a great job at exposing me to different music growing up. Uh, but truthfully, I think I remember it from, um our cruises that we go on because they always have a 70s dance party night. <laughs> <laughs> Which Rick makes sure to attend Which every time. I'm there every time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I walk on the cruise. I immediately look at the itinerary and I go, when is the 70s night? Uh, <laughs> they have one like every Friday. time. It's awesome. <laughs> look, the 70s were a fantastic time of music. I actually got into this conversation with, uh, with Ellie and some of her her family this weekend while we were out and about what decade would you like to like if you if you could be like 80s starting the decade at 18 ending the decade at 28 80s me too man the if 80s, i could have been around 80s, for the 80s hair bands yes 
Oh, that would just be perfect. <laughs> Dude, not just the 80s hair bands, but also like the, the synthesizer music, mm-hmm. the Tears for Fears. You have good rock and roll still, like Journey's releasing music. Uh-huh. Oh, dude, the 80s would be killer. Also, have you ever looked up, uh, you know, what golfers looked like in the 80s? No. Dude, golf in the 80s, prime time on the outfits, dude. Absolute rippers. Um, It's like right before... um. It's like right before they tried to like really do like fashion, you know? So you got like plaid pants on plaid shirts. Everyone's playing with the same, very just made of poorly put together steel irons. The woods are still made of wood. It's in, it's incredible stuff. The plaids. I think it's the plaids that get me. Yeah, it would either be the 80s or the 20s slash 30s. Because just something about the vibe of, like, someone just, like, actually there singing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. I hear Like, you. I don't know. I just like, like, I like that era, too. Because I just feel like people could actually sing then. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. Like, uh, well, I don't also, what, what, Sinatra was what? Was Sinatra the 40s? Uh, He was the 50s, I believe. Uh, Frank Sinatra. Da, da, da. Uh, yeah, so he was active uh, beginning in 1935 as a vocalist, okay. so all the way through the 40s and 50s. So, yeah, I mean, the Rat Pack era, Yeah, that's that's just legendary music right there. Yeah. Um, so yeah. probably either one of those two, because those are like my two, like, I don't know. I listen to more 20s slash, like, tw- music from the 20s to 50s than I probably should as a 26-year-old, 25-year-old. Um, See, I don't know. I think you should you should listen to what you want to. If you find that music to to be enjoyable, you listen to it. All it's you nice want. at work. Is it? Yeah, it's like relaxing when I'm like when I'm doing some pointing or something like that. It's nice to just like turn on some some fifties music and just kind of mm, right on. Yeah, you a big yeah. fan of the Drifters? I, I'm not sure. I know the Drifters. You're big on the Drifters. I highly suggest them. I will definitely um, look into it. You know the song "Magic Moment" from the Sandlot? Yes. That would be the drift. Okay, yes. Then yes, I am a fan. <laughs> um, but here's the thing, right? Obviously, going back in time, and if we did uh, grow up at that age in the 80s, we would be older gentlemen at this point, you know, arguably old and disgruntled, maybe not understanding the youths, perhaps. A perfect example of this would be Phil Mickelson, who obviously <laughs> has not had the hottest stretch lately of um just being a good person but uh he's kind of going under the radar which i'm sure his pr department told him to do um but he's taking to twitter right <clears throat> and he, which is always a good idea uh if you're phil mickelson and uh here's here's what he tweeted out now this uh got tweeted out what was this on friday friday saturday so the fourth round of the farmers here's what he's tweeting out He's got the uh, the, the thinking emoji, the guy with the guy with like the uh, kind of the yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the hmm kind of emoji, <laughs> and goes the tour doesn't allow shorts, but does allow this week's leader to wear joggers with ankle socks, showing four inches of ankle. I'm no fashion <laughs> guy, never will be, but there are some things I won't ever understand. Uh, my favorite part of this, right? My hundred percent favorite part of this. Is the 
showing four inches of ankles? Martha, you whore. Like, what, what is happening here? I love seeing all the reactions to it. Where it was like where people were like responding and they were like Phil Mickelson just made every guy's life by referring to this as four inches. <laughs> it was like it was like an inch and a half of angle showing. <laughs> Dude, that's so good. I also I love uh in the comments people just roasting his golf fits. He's getting torn apart. Oh, yeah. He's getting torn apart in the comments. Look, I'm not saying that the joggers look was the way to go. You got to wear ones that fit, bro. There's no flood coming. No. Like, <laughs> but also, like, I I do think that that's, like, fashionable, I'm pretty sure. Uh-huh. Um, That's nowhere close to four inches, by, by the no, way. Like, the more you look at the photos. And... And to me, I wouldn't wear the uh, I wouldn't go that much ankle in the joggers myself. Uh, no. but that is fashion nowadays, like that's not a problem. And to me, isn't this like what we want as the casual? I guess us, obviously, as a casual golf fan, this is what we want, man. Sweatshirts on the course, mm. the dude's basically wearing sweatpants, you know, yeah. And- that's what golf can be if you let it and you don't let these disgruntled old men like Phil Mickelson go talking about how much ankle is showing. Please, please, for the love of God, let sweatpants become socially acceptable on the golf course. Dude, could you imagine just being able to roll up with sweatpants? Oh, it sounds like the dream. It is the dream. It is the dream for sure. Now, there are definitely some people that can wear sweatpants to, to golf courses, those being like Michael Jordan and famous people. They can wear whatever they want to. Uh, but guys like us, like we have to kind of be a little bit presentable. Um, <laughs> to me, it's just very funny that he he goes, the leader of this week is showing ankle. And like, if he wasn't the leader, it would be fine. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> second or third is like, oh, all right. All right. It's a little bit too much angle for me, but you're not in the lead, so it's fine. <laughs> but you're not in the lead, so it's fine. <laughs> Look, leaders don't show ankle, and that, that goes throughout history. Yeah. Yeah. Coming from the man who was probably more excited than anybody when he eventually was allowed to wear shorts on the PGA Tour to and show all off his was talking about his own tabs. Yeah. He's like, always talking about his calves. So hypocritical of him to just be concerned about the fact that this man's ankles are showing. Oh my gosh. Look, Phil Mickelson is is officially lost his mind. Oh yeah. Um, he's gone full-blown senile. I don't know if anybody can help him at this point. I think the best move for him and his PR team would just be to remove his Twitter ent- entirely. Um, it might be the best way to, to move forward here. Yeah. And to also not do any public anything. Don't leave the house. Just stay inside. Just stay in a cave. <laughs> stay in a cave. Be a recluse. Yep. Uh, never tweet again. It'll probably be good for your career. Uh, just what an electric tweet that was. Just to just to wrap up your your weekend of golf. Uh, yeah. So good. So good. For those of you that aren't on the joggers and sweatpants, should be allowed on the golf course train. By the way, come on. You know it'll be comfortable. You want to wear them. I look. I know that some some of the golf pants are comfortable. They're cool. Whatever. Sounds more comfortable in sweatpants. We all know that. Yeah, I just go, don't go understand. Like, it's like 
and you're not going to understand this, but it's like when people relax in jeans. Like, why do you want to relax in jeans? You can't tell me that sweatpants aren't more comfortable than jeans. Jeans are not that uncomfortable, man. But compared to sweatpants. Look, sometimes not all of (laughs) us like to wear sweatpants, man. Jeans are not that uncomfortable. Honestly, honestly. the wrong type of jeans if you're that uncomfortable. No, I just, jeans don't fit me is the problem. Because my thighs are bigger than my waist in proportion to the jean sizes. Right, so the jeans are always too big at the waist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's my main issue with them. And honestly, you do you relax however you want. If I ever catch you sleeping under the covers in jeans, though, it's on site. Because why? You know what I mean? Like, I know I've seen you do it before. And I let you I let you slide. But like, (laughs) I just don't understand how you can physically fall asleep. Under the covers while you're wearing jeans, dude. I, I, I so hope that John Murray, the commissioner of the Hack Across America Golf Tournament, is listening to this. And when you're there at the golf tournament in Florida, you just see him go under the covers in jeans. Does he do that? Contact. No, but it'll be hella funny. Oh, oh my god, what a psychopath! Yeah, well, I mean, this is John we're talking about. He's already pretty much a confirmed psychopath. But look. Yeah. Have I napped wearing jeans? Yes, guilty as charged. Psychopath baby. Look, if I'm ready to take a nap, I'm not gonna go just change my pants to go nap because that involves. You don't need to change them. You just take them off. There's two garments of clothes you shouldn't wear when you nap: pants and socks. Take the socks off every time. That's you gotta do that. You can't sleep with socks on. That's weird. We're talking about a a predetermined under the cover nap, though, right? We're not talking about yeah. a fall asleep in the recliner type of deal. Yeah, no, no, no. fall asleep in the recliner deal is different. If you're that tired, <laughs> on you, you know nap what I mean. Away, you do you. <laughs> you're clearly more busy than me. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, okay. So now I'm like one of the biggest culprits of just napping when I'm in. I always take my socks off, though. That's like. Which I guess is a little bit of a saving grace, but if you're like, if you're like two hours out and you're like, I'm definitely taking a nap when I get home or whenever I get, when I get the chance to, you you don't take your jeans off? Okay, hold on. But what if, what if, right? So for example, sometimes on a Friday, I get out of work earlier. We don't start playing magic until about 630, right? So I have about a two and a half, three hour gap of time to kill, Right. I'm not going to go doing anything important, right? I'm just going to lay down, maybe go through go through social media, find out what's happening on Twitter, and say 30 minutes that transpires, and I got sleepies. And we got about two hours until I got to do anything or be anywhere, right? And I get a little bit of the sleepies. I'm real comfy, right? I'm not going to get up and get uncomfortable to go lay back down. It might take me another half hour to get comfy again. And then at that point, who wants to take an hour nap when you could have a two-hour nap, right? I'm wearing the jeans. And I'm, right, so I'm there's, snoozing. I think I have three points to that. First of all, two to three hours before Magic Night, you're getting your shit together. You're, you're checking out your decks, making sure everything's good to go. You're not Dude, I'm going to bed. Maybe this napping. is why I don't you win got, Magic games. You got stuff to do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Two. <laughs> I don't remember what two was. Um, <laughs> so you're telling me. That you're just going and laying in bed under the covers in your jeans to scroll through social media. 100%. Okay. Whatever. 
three, three. <laughs> Weird, but whatever. Three. The you're telling me that the inconvenience of taking your pants off while you're still under the covers. No one's saying you have to get up. You can <laughs> you can very much so take those off and still be laying down. You're gonna just sleep with the belt on. <laughs> I think that might be the issue I have. I think we might have just got. Why would you wear a belt to sleep? They're so restricting. They're not that bad, man. How tight do you wear your belts? I gotta keep the pants up. Yeah, but there's a there's a reasonable in between of keeping pants up and cutting off the blood flow to your lower body, which is exactly what the belt is gonna do if I fall asleep on the belt buckle. Well, don't fall asleep on the belt buckle. That I'm a stomach sleeper. What do you want from me? Mm, see, see now i feel like now i feel like you're reaching i feel like you're reaching i don't think so i think okay so folks in the comments section in our dms our twitter whatever you have whatever have you chime in on this one is it okay to nap in jeans and if it's not i want reasoning and if you think that it is also give reasoning just to just to help rick understand what's going on here i think if you're ready for a nap nap as you are premeditated nap like we said, right? Fall yes. asleep on the chair. Totally, totally different, different story. Completely different. Yeah. Um, premeditated. You, you've been thinking about it for hours. You're under the covers. You're under the covers. There's no reason you don't take your pants off before you get in bed. No reason this for it. This is not true. If I'm snug as a bug, if I'm in the slot, if, I, if I'm in the slot, Rick, I'm not. I'm going to be honest with you. If I None of my premeditated naps that I've ever taken have been with any clothes on. That's a good point. That's just just where I stand is I know this is happening. I'm taking the extra five seconds to make sure that I'm as comfortable as possible going into this nap. Clothes are 100% out of the question when Rick has a planned nap. 100% out of the question. There's no way around that one. But like I'm more talking about like maybe maybe like a, a premeditated moment of chill where I'm under the covers. Do you not have those? No, so I don't do that because then I will sleep. <laughs> well, then- and also I can't go under the covers with clothes on. That's weird. That's really. Yeah. Dude, not even like basketball shorts. No. Underwear most. You're kidding me. What is it? Is it like hot? What? What's the problem? It's uncomfortable. Oh my god. I, I, mm, not gonna understand that one. That <laughs> one, I can't get around that one. Never worn a t-shirt and basketball shirt. So hold on, hold on. If I wear a t-shirt to bed, I'm waking up because that thing's choking me. <laughs> Maybe wear looser t-shirts. I don't know, dude. <laughs> Might be worse. <laughs> That's true. Now you're swimming in it and now this is extra fabric. That could help <laughs> So here's the thing, right? In in um so in the past, obviously, you know, now very comfortable with the family, all that jazz. First, first, like two years of you and Gina dating. Whenever you were you were crashing at the reeds, right? Yes. Full blown underwear when you're sleeping. You're not doing shorts and a t shirt. You don't have that kind of fear. Um, depended. See what I'm saying? No, I think I only did it once. Um, and that was I don't remember why I did that. Because so so here's here's what the problem was with that. It would depend on where I was sleeping that night. Because if I was sleeping in Sarah's bed, 
I had to at least be wearing pants because that's weird. You got to wear pants. Yeah. No so that's question. just weird. And then I just didn't sleep well that night. But if for whatever reason, Gina slept in Sarah's bed, like they slept in Sarah's bed together and they gave me Gina's bed, then yeah, for sure. Just straight. Maybe, maybe not even that, but, but yeah, if I was in Sarah's bed, definitely. That's just a respect thing. That's not True. anything to do with True. me being comfortable. Okay. Now, yeah. All right. All right. I hear you there. Yeah. Now still weird for me. Still weird. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a little, I'm a little out on that, but uh, by that, that got off the rails. Yeah, that was that was uh we went from four inches of of ankle to complete nudity under the blankets. Okay. <laughs> we we are moving here. Um, good news for you folks is the podcast is almost over. We were here right there, folks. <laughs> Don't give up on us yet. <laughs> we're gonna cover one last thing about the PGA tour here for you. Looking ahead to uh, a lot of what a lot of people like this event a lot. I do too. The AT and T Pebble Beach Pro Am, uh, obviously a fantastic event at a fantastic golf course at Pebble Beach Golf Links. Um, looks like here's the field of celebrities. I'll just kind of point out the, the bigger names here. You have your NFL stars, your Aaron Rodgers, Judy. <laughs> Whoa! I don't know what just happened there. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Harris Barton, Larry Fitzgerald Jr., Ron Rivera. Hey, yo, talk about uh, Alex Rob. Smith and Steve Young. Uh, you have some country music stars: uh, Eric Church, uh, Lucas Nelson, Jake Owen, Ben Rector. That that's an unfortunate name. That's an unfortunate name. That's a kid. De- he definitely got made fun of in school. That's yeah, everyone. Uh, his nickname in school is Ben Rectum. You that's why me. he's famous now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've told you my grandmother's theory about weird names, right? No, I don't think so. She said, "If you have a weird name, you'll become famous." Oh yeah, I mean that's part of me believes that this theory is. True. Yeah, hundred percent. You're not going to become a professional athlete without at least a little bit weird of a name. Yeah, I know. That's why they tried to name you Plato. That's in Plato, Socrates. My nickname would have been Toe. They tried to name you Plato. Uh huh. Yeah, you can ask her about this. They they tried to name me Plato Socrates. My middle name would be Socrates. Wait, like the full thing? Mm-hmm. And my name would have been Plato Socrates Bingaman. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's just because like you're not a professional athlete. No, no. So, like, <laughs> I would just be some... like a normal dude walking around. I'd be a normal Plato. dude whose nickname is Toe. Like, let's just talk about that. What? But first of all, who thinks Toe is a cool nickname? Yeah, right? I guess they're not going to call me Plate, you know? <laughs> That's arguably worse. I feel like there's, like, way better nickname, or like, just names with nicknames that we could have come up with. <laughs> well, I, I can't be as good as Ben Rectum, so I'll, I'll tell you what, dude, that <laughs> takes the cake. Um, actors and comedians, always Bill Murray. He's going to be a classic every single time. Alfonso Ribeiro, you know him fondly as Carlton. He's a fantastic golfer. Uh, Will Arnett from The Office uh, and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Jason Bateman, uh, Ray Romano, a bunch of other ones. Musicians. I would like to highlight Macklemore. Uh, didn't know he was super into golf, but I have been hearing he's been getting into golf recently, which is super cool. And uh, obviously, classic Darius Rucker, Hootie and the Blowfish. Hootie! Question. Hootie, yeah. Where do you think Macklemore gets his golf clothes? I might have to say the thrift store. <laughs> He's popping some tags. He's right? popping some tags in those golf clothes. 
Ross, just oh, for less. <laughs> uh, other notable mentions, Gareth Bale, the man that killed the dreams of Philadelphia Union fans all over the place. Uh, also almost killed the uh, the dreams of United States men national men's national soccer team uh, hopes, uh, but luckily he was thwarted. Because who's who's from Wales? Come on, um, <laughs> grow up. <laughs> uh, Buster Posey, famous catcher for the San Francisco Giants, as well, will be there. Uh, some notable PGA players who will be in the tournament: Matt Fitzpatrick, Victor Hovland, Jordan Spieth, Seamus Power, Tom Hoagie, Kevin Kistner. Kurt Kitamaya, Scott Stallings, Dean Burmester, and Maverick McNeely. Uh, this is always a fun event to watch, folks. Uh, usually everybody's like pretty relaxed, calm. Everybody's mm. having fun. Bill Murray is always easy to follow. If you just want to follow somebody, yes. he's basically a walking meme. Yeah, he's Gotta hilarious. love Bill Murray. Um, but obviously because it's a Pro-Am event, it's really not a power ranking situation. So... Mm. It's a, it's a fun event. I like to watch it. I'm not going to spend all week kind of dissecting the golf being played, but I yeah. will be tracking Bill Murray. 100%. Yeah, no, it's one of those. It's one of those things. It's like you like the scenery is nice because it's Pebble Beach. Yes. And you like to be able to see actors, actresses, athletes out of their element in a different element. And like, I mean, we've seen some of the NFL players already. Uh, we've seen Aaron Rodgers. We've seen Josh Allen in the matches and stuff like that. And this is kind of like a toned down version of the match because it's still PGA sanctioned event. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we do get those kind of things like Bill Murray's doing Bill Murray things all the time. Um, and I did, uh, what's his name? Is he on that list? Brian? Um, what's his name from the office? Kevin. Oh, um, is he on there? Cause I feel like, I think he usually plays in this event, doesn't he? Yes. Um, you're thinking of Will Arnett. No. No? No, the guy who plays Kevin. Oh, um, yeah, I think he's 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 probably definitely in it, right? Because I, I think he's played most years before this. Unless for some reason he couldn't make it. Um Brian, I believe it starts with a B, right? His last name? I don't know. Nah, now I gotta look up the office cast. This is something we should probably definitely know. Uh Brian Baumgartner. Yes, Brian Baumgartner, yes. <laughs> Yes, uh, famously a uh, very good golfer. He's been on a bunch of golf content stuff. Um, yeah, I hope he. I hope he's playing. Um, let's see here. Because he's another funny guy. Yeah, no announcements as of now, but yeah, he's super funny. Um, yeah, th- it's a cool event. Uh, but also, for those of you wondering, around the corner, February 9th to the twelfth, the People's Open. The trash tournament heard round the world. The 16th hole of all 16th holes. The stadium. The Waste Management Phoenix Open. I'll tell you what. There's nothing that really jazzes me up more than the Phoenix Open. Hands down. I will say, watching football yesterday, AFC Championship game, I will say I did get super jacked up when the Masters commercial came, yeah, the commercial. I, I was, yeah, that when that commercial <laughs> ran and it's, I was April, like, I was like, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, we have Masters commercials, it's happening. Yeah, they do the like, little the pan over the flowers. I was like, uh huh, yeah, I got pretty jacked up for that. I'm not gonna lie, I am excited for the waste management because obviously that's the best tournament all year. But 
Masters Masters commercials means we're officially in Masters season, mm-hmm. and I'm excited. The best part of the Masters is it's like the beginning of spring. It basically it tells you that spring's here now because yeah, flowers are gorgeous. It's a beautiful golf course in Georgia. Birds yeah. are chirping, even if uh, there are some rumors that they pump in bird noises. Uh, we won't get too far into the conspiracy theories, but I'm just saying, <laughs> uh, if you want to go down that rabbit hole on the internet, feel free. Um, but look, it's just like the Masters every single time is spring is here. Yeah, the golf courses have just finished their winter stuff. They're beautiful. Get out there and golf. You know, it's it's yeah. basically the start of golf season falls in line with the Masters, and I think it's a beautiful microcosm of what golf is. Uh, however, drunk degenerates at the Phoenix Open, a close second. If they're very close second, very, very close, close second. second, right there, right, nipping about, on the heels. <laughs> talk about two complete different ends of what of the golf. Oh yeah, is. you have oh, yeah. the very uh, posh and shiny and fancy Augusta National Golf Course with Masters winners wearing green jackets to show you that they've basically reached the top of golf. Um, uh, patriarchy, monarchy, whatever. You want to call Super it. exclusive. And then there's the Phoenix Open, sponsored by Waste Management. <laughs> and then there's the <laughs> tournament sponsored by a trash company. <laughs> Where if you hit a hole-in-one on the 16th hole, you're going to cause a riot. <laughs> They're going right? to have to stop play. Twice. That <laughs> Two times. Okay? People were getting pelted with, with full beer cans. Full. Okay? <laughs> and people go, went and bought another beer. To go back to their seats to watch it happen again and throw another full beer. A beautiful thing. Golf is, it... is a beautiful sport. <laughs> Question regarding the beers being thrown for a whole right, yes. Of course. Better tradition being being made slash have already been made. Hats thrown on the ice for a hat trick, beers thrown on the golf course for a hole in one. Which one's better? You are you are pushing me against a wall here <laughs> oh i might have to go with the beers being i might have to go with the, the thing about the hat trick thing is that's that's cheesy right oh they got a hat trick throw the hat man and then you got you got to wait for the people to get out there with shovels and yeah. start shoveling hats it's probably the third period nobody cares about the game at that point hole in one you're not guaranteed to ever see those at a tournament uh-huh right? and you're not guaranteed to see them at the coolest hole on the PGA tour, right? When you see those things, that's that's a that's a full that's just a guttural reaction. That no, yeah. no, nothing is predetermined about that. Everybody knows when you score a hat trick, you toss a hat, right? Yeah. No one knows how to handle that situation. That's why it <laughs> transpired the way it did, okay? <laughs> that is just pure emotion from golf fans and drunk people alike, right? That is just pure emotion in the most beautiful way to show it. Maybe of all time, which is throw things. I be it's great, it's fantastic, right? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so that that's pretty much gonna do it for this episode. Um, as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. This is episode ninety nine. Next week is the big triple digit. Epi a hundred. The week before, the waste management. Yeah, that's right. That's right. 
Does that does that ever coincide better? I don't think so. I don't think so. That's a beautiful thing. Um, yes, as always, thank you so much for listening. The only reason that we are at a hundred episodes is because you guys keep listening to what we're doing, and we very much appreciate it. We have noticed an uptick in in listeners recently. I don't know who you guys are sharing it with, but we much appreciate it. It is always awesome that you guys like to listen to what we do. Hopefully, Obviously, the nap conversation doesn't turn people off. If you're if you're still listening. The nap Why? conversation is something that happens. Not always to that extent, though. Uh, yeah, don't let that turn you off. We one, do huh? talk a lot more golf than we did this week. We did not talk much golf this week. We got, we got, we got real loss of the sauce on that one, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but that's what happens. I'd like to say that that, that started off as a golf conversation. It, it did. It did. Not how it ended, though. Uh, as are most things in life, though. But anyways, yes. Thank you so much for listening. We always appreciate it. Go ahead and follow us on Instagram at from the tips underscore pod and on Twitter at FTT underscore pod. Please follow us on both. It helps us uh, interact with you guys a bit better. You guys can react to what we say on the episodes. Also, the more people that follow, the more active we will begin to be and uh, get to have more interactions with you guys on social media, which is something that we'd love to do. So go ahead and follow us on either Instagram or Twitter, preferably both. Uh, but Thank you so much for listening, and we Thanks, guys. See you later.